Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Oh, Father God, it is so, so wonderful to to be in your house today with your body, with your church. Lord God, worshiping. Lord God, giving us a glimpse, foreshadowing what eternity will, will be like with you. Lord God, in your presence for eternity, a time to worship, a time to be with your body. Lord God, let today in this service just be a glimpse of that. Because Lord, we we crave that. We we desire that. We desire this time with you. Sundays with you and your body are so, so very special. So Jesus, be glorified this morning in all we do and in every word that we speak, in every action, in every deed, be glorified. Lord God, if there's distractions that want to enter in on a grand scale or maybe with individuals here this morning, Lord God, you are much bigger than those distractions. So as we turn our hearts to you this morning, help us to shut our ears off, to keep our minds engaged, but not in the cares of this world, engaged upon you. And Holy Spirit, we just ask you to do your thing. Speak to us. Guide us, show us, reveal yourself to us through your word. Lord God, challenge us, convict us, and confirm those things that we need answers for in us this morning. Once again, Father, we glorify you. Words will always fail us when we try to to truly talk about you. But Lord God, when we speak from our heart, it is pleasing to you. So Jesus together as one body in in unison. We pray this in your name. And everybody shout it out. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Thank you guys for being here. We've got a we've got a wonderful service. We've got let's see, we've we've got 95 degrees. So that's good. Um, Thank you. You can have that. I will we will pass that around again. Um, if you are visiting today, like Jen said, um, come back next week, get a free coffee, all that good stuff. But I'll tell you a couple of things that are going to happen today if you are visiting. You're going to meet a lot of amazing people. You probably already have. And, and I know how it goes. Sometimes you you walk into a church and maybe you're a, you're a seasoned Christian and maybe, maybe this is all new to you and you walk into a church, you don't quite know what to expect, right? There's a nervousness to it, but uh, I'll just tell you this. This is a safe place with some of the most amazing people I have ever known in my life. So just take a deep breath and relax and enjoy your time with us this morning. Kids, I'll dismiss you now to head on down but your kids will come back up um so again just like last week i'll get going and i'll totally forget so when i'm winding down will somebody please run down and grab the kids bring them back up um just a great day it's going to be an awesome time ah oh, wasn't that good worship wasn't it good and and i'll tell you it, it, Anybody have one of those mornings where it's just like, seriously, and it not in a good way, in a bad way? Yeah, with, with everything that's going on, you know, God had really impressed upon me at the beginning of the year that, that he wants this church to be a place of healing, but of spiritual healing. Because if we pursue and ask God for spiritual healing, everything follows that. And there's a lot of churches that... That, that go for the physical healing and things like that. But all too often, somebody can get physically healed and then they drop right back into their same life and the distractions of that. But when somebody truly gets spiritually healed, and spiritual healing has everything to do with coming to Jesus, right? That's the ultimate spiritual healing. Um, 
a life is truly changed, and, and that's reflected in, in baptism that we'll, we'll, uh, that we'll partake in later today. But uh, yeah, he spoke to me this year and, and uh, that he wants to heal the spirits of people. He also wants to heal them emotionally. And, and then it was as if he said, but, but of course, physical feelings can come along after that, but don't focus just on that. Focus on the people's hearts, and, and, and I love that. And with that comes distractions and trials and tribulations. It's been a crazy week, starting out Monday um, all the way through this morning. Things that could easily get me distracted, and I don't want to be distracted when I'm in church. Because number one, I don't want to be up here being distracted. Number two, I want to be with you guys worshiping and, and, and encountering Jesus. So if you feel a little off today, if you feel a little distracted, just understand it's okay, but focus in on Jesus. Just purposefully shift that eyesight, that perspective back to Jesus, and all will be good. We've got a few announcements. I didn't even write them down. So throw up that first slide and help me here. Oh, look options clinic we have the baby bottles we're kind of we're hoping to get most of them back today if you didn't bring them today if you want to grab some more grab them bring them back next week's the end of the month so let's try to do that but it's awesome also if you're like hey i got four bottles they're full i don't know i forgot them i'm not going to be here next week bring them in the next week is fine or you can just drop them right off at options clinic it's all good we're doing this for them all right, now we have, oh, we have a baptism today. That slide shouldn't have been in there, but we know that. So we're here for baptism eventually after the message. Annual business meeting coming up next Sunday. Yay for, why don't you guys get excited for the annual business meeting? I don't, but, but I mean, it's not bad. Um, we are not a church that has like a lot of conflict and disunity and stuff. So our business meetings are pretty pretty smooth. There are a couple of elections. Of course, we'll go over finances, update you on all of that. But that is next Sunday after service. And that is, so next Sunday we'll, we'll do service and we'll go down for the last Sunday's potluck. You're all welcome to come to that. It's a great time. It will also be the first potluck in our, with our new kitchen. And if you haven't been down there to see it, it's pretty amazing. And then we'll eat together, and then after we, we have time to eat, members and, and visitors, guests, non-members can all come up here and, and go through the business meeting, and it'll be awesome, and we'll just, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a, a smooth day. Right Now Media is now fully online. Has anybody been on Right Now Media? Oh, yeah, we've got people on Right Now Media. Um, it, it's just a huge database of, of really solid videos, discipleship for all ages. Um, you want to talk to your kids about something, it's on there probably. If you have questions, you can get on there. And It's just, a, it's just another thing that will help you um, in your faith and to stay strong in that. Um, if you did not get the access code, see Bruce and he will get you signed up. It's, it was based on email, so if we didn't have a current email or we didn't have your email at all, you wouldn't have gotten the access code, but we can easily get that to you. And then I'm going to throw another announcement in here. Please announce the cleaning day for the new kitchen and dining area will be this Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. Ladies and gentlemen, both welcome. So it's ladies and gentlemen. Um, if you guys can help this Wednesday, 9.30 Things get dirty when you do things, and it's just dusting and cleaning, and the more people here, the quicker it will be, except we're a church that loves to hang out with each other. So the cleaning will be done in like 45 minutes, but the ladies will be here like four hours. It's awesome. Um, that's all good. All right. Um, giving. Now I have... Oh, um, Amy's going to pass the sign-up sheet for 40 Days for Life. Um, right, praying on the 20th um, at Planned Parenthood. There's a sign-up. It's hourly. The first half of the day seems to be pretty pretty good, and then the last few hours, but there's, there's some in-between. If you want to sign up for that, please sign up and then just show up. Um, if you've never done that before, when you show up and you see a familiar face, 
just kind of ask them, okay, where's the line? Because we can't cross the line. They want us to cross the line so they can call the police, so we don't cross the line, um, even though some of us love to cross the line, right? Some of us have kids that, that do that all the time. And uh, yeah, some of us have pastors that do that. But in this case, we don't want to, to, to do that. Um, so do that. Um, all right, giving. Obviously, there's the four ways to give online. You can text it. Giving boxes, mail. We want to take a, a special offering this morning, though. Um, flip that other slide up. You, many of you guys know Zeke in here, right? Zeke Copeland. And, and if you don't know, let me share real quick. Zeke's a 16-year-old. Um, lives here in this community, attends this church. He has, I guess the easiest way to say is he has a bad heart. He needs a heart. And they've known um, that he would get to the day where a heart transplant was really the only option. And, and obviously you want to put that off as long as you can. And, uh, and he was doing good. And then several weeks ago, Alvin told me, you know, they just did some lab tests here and they're flying him to Seattle. And uh, they got him to Seattle, and, and they said, hey, we got some things going on, but we think we can correct it with meds. So they did that, and they were able to come home only after like a week there. So he got home and, and seemingly was doing good. And then Monday, um, Alvin texted me, and he said he just went in for, for tests again and has taken a turn for the worst or having to... He felt fine but something in the test. So they, they took him out to Seattle and they said, uh, we, we're going to have to keep him here basically until he gets his new heart, um, which could be six months to, to 12 months. Um, and then later Monday, I got another text that said he took a turn for the worse. Um, he had some organs that were starting to fail, so they took him in to a surgery to implant. It's like a pump in you know next to the heart to help his heart that he currently has to 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 maintain and keep up so that was a pretty major surgery that he had monday um and now he will be there again till he gets a new heart so obviously they're from helena but they're going to be in seattle for an extended time um alvin works here so every time alvin goes out and stays and takes that time off work it it's going to cost the family just to get out there about $1,200 each trip um, it, they got great insurance they're either in or trying to get into the the, the Ronald McDonald house um, so a lot of those are covered but it's some of the family expenses just as well as all the different things that are going to happen have to happen with a heart transplant so we're asking you guys if if the Lord is leading you to to make a donation, you can you can donate to the church here today. Um, we will get them that money. So if you want to do it online, just designate it. If you want to put it in the offering box, just whatever it is, designate it. There's a bucket. It's not really a bucket. It's what would you call that? A basket. There's a basket on the table back there. If you want to just throw something in there, um, make it out the bridge assembly. We'll get them one check and then. They also have a GoFundMe already set up. It was set up a while ago for his heart transplant before everything switched over and kind of took a turn. Um, but I think they're also going to start another um, avenue of, of donation through their bank. And when that gets up, we'll obviously get that information to you. But let's gather around and... Uh, kind of rally around this family. We did it um, several years ago when, when they first figured out what was going on. Um, and they always knew that the day would come where, you know, a new heart was needed. And, and now it is. And, and uh, you know, Jesus, Jesus is all about new hearts. Most of the time it's spiritual, but sometimes it's physical. So we're trusting in God. Pray. Pray for the family, pray for Zeke, pray for the medical staff, wisdom, healing, all of those things. But let's definitely support Zeke in all of this. Amen? Yeah. All right. I think we're ready to go. Was there any other, there wasn't any other slides that we needed this morning, I don't think. Uh, eat! Who wants to eat? In this church, you can only eat if you're a young adult. 
No. Eat is the name of, of the young adult group that, that Levi leads Tuesday, 6 p.m. in the office. So if you're a young person, youngish, young 20-ishes, show up on Sunday or Tuesday, 6 o'clock at the office over there, and you get to eat. And then you get to learn about, about Jesus. And, and we're going to learn about Jesus today. It's going to be, uh, today's going to be a great day. And there's a lot of excitement that we've had today with, uh, with the baptism. And, and you know, for, for people who have been believers, they, they, uh, they remember back when they got baptized. And it's special. And it's exciting. So there's been a lot of excitement today. I, you know, there's one lady back there named Beth, and she's really dressed up today in her scrubs because she has to go to work right after this. And she told them, no, I'll come after the baptism. I'm not coming before, I'm coming after because, again, she, she believes in it, and a lot of you do. So, again, today's going to be a great day. If, if you're here supporting somebody and this is all just a little bit new to you, it's like, what's the deal with the hot tub? And, and I just don't understand that. Just kick back and relax. Listen, um, I would love to answer any questions anybody has afterwards. But even if you're not a follower of Jesus, I would just suggest you be open this morning to this idea, this concept. Not of a religion. And I'm not really into religions, right? But I'm way into Jesus. And it's this personal relationship with Him. So just open yourself up and, and listen. And, and, and if you've got questions, questions are wonderful. We're not a church that hides from questions. We're a church that loves questions because we serve a God that completely loves questions. So let's all just kick back today and listen and get excited. And we're going to see really what's so great about the Great Commission. So let's pray and we'll, we'll jump into this message. Once again, Father, good to be here. Good to be here. This house, it's all about you. We exist on this property, in this, this building in Helena, Montana, for one reason, and, and, and it's you, God. It's all you. So, uh, Lord God, let all the other things just fall off. We're not a business. We're not a club. We're not a social thing. We're not, we're not about popularity or anything like that. We're about connection. Connecting to you, God, and, and connecting with others. So today, Lord God, let this be a time of connection. Holy Spirit, in this message today, let me speak only what you want me to and shut my mouth with everything else. If it is not from you, I don't want to be saying it. And finally, let no one leave here today. Don't let them leave the building. Don't let them exit the parking lot the same way as they walked in here today. And we believe that and we trust in you, Jesus. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, all right, just a quick idea of how today is going to look. When I'm, when I'm winding down the message, um, I'm going to dismiss those who want to be baptized, and then they can go back, and they can, they can change, and then, and then they're going to come back in, and uh, the rest of us, we're going to celebrate with them, right? We're gonna, so don't think, oh, they're just getting baptized, I can go and have lunch or no you stay and baptism is one of my favorite things we're gonna we're gonna cheer them on in this decision my biggest regret today is because of my soul shoulder surgery um i don't want to drown anybody accidentally so levi is actually gonna do the dunking or if if a parent or whatever wants to come up and do the dunking it's all going to be great, but, but it's awesome. So let's jump in and let's see where God takes us this morning through this message. If you have your Bibles today, can you throw me my water? If you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Luke 8, Acts, Acts, is it up there? Acts 1-8, turn with me to Acts 1-8. Luke actually wrote Acts. I'm going to save myself right here. Luke wrote Acts, and originally it is thought that Luke and Acts was one entire book. So we're going to go to Luke in the book of Acts, verse 1-8. See, it's all there. Let's read it. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell the people about me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, 
and even to the ends of this world, of the earth. See, there's no doubt that most of you in here this morning, you have heard this verse, you have read this verse, maybe it was in Sunday school, maybe you're going through the book of Acts right now, but you, you most of you have, have read, heard something about this verse. It's, it's known as the Great Commission, and, and the Great Commission is the assignment that Jesus was handing down to his disciples, and it occurred right before his ascension back into the heavenly realm where, where Jesus will remain with his Father until he comes back to gather or rapture his church. So really, the, the Great Commission was the last thing that, that Jesus spoke when he was in his physical form on this earth. That makes it kind of important. Makes it something that we need to pay attention to. And there's a whole lot going on here. So we want to dig in and we want to discover the fullness of this verse and begin to ask and and ponder and discover what is so great about the Great Commission. So we want to throw that thank you for leaving it up there. I'm going to read this again for a reason. But you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses to tell the people about me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. Now we also need to look at the companion verse to Acts 1.8, and we find that in Matthew 28. So let's look at Matthew 28. It's verses 18 through 20. Jesus came up and said to them, All authority, all power of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. See, now we get a more complete picture, don't we? We get, we get the bigger picture of, of what is going on. And this is exactly why we, we uh, read our Bibles and we, actually, we cross-reference those, those things. So we know in the Gospels, there's four different Gospels, there's a lot of cross-referencing that we can do, and now Acts comes along and we can cross-reference the beginning of Acts, and it gains, we gain a bigger picture, a deeper understanding. In so doing, we get a better context of what is going on. We all know how important context is. So if you remember from last week, the Bible is the Word of God inspired by the Holy Spirit and written down by various authors. So in this case, Matthew was inspired to write down what he did, and Luke was inspired to write down what he did. And to our benefit, and within God's wisdom, we now combine these, these two accounts and and honestly, we are, we are blessed when we, when we do that. So if we draw from both of these texts, here is the great commission we need to be applying into our lives, our faith, our theology, and our actions. So here it is. Look at this. All authority, all power, absolute rule in heaven on earth has been given to Jesus. You will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words by my being my witness to tell people about me, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the ends of the age. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that cool? How when you look at both of these verses, how they, they come together just like this? I think it's amazing how God chose to, to do that within two different books, two different authors of the Bible. And now we gain that greater understanding, both about our commission as well as our equipping. See, the Great Commission is much bigger than how we usually see it, right? First of all, we need to go back to a word that we should never overlook. And we find that word starting out, Acts 
1, verse 8. What is that word? What word starts verse 8? You got Bibles. What is it? But. It's but. There's a but right there. See, you use the word but to introduce something that contrasts with what was just said in order to introduce something that adds to what was just said. So let's back up a couple verses and let's see what what Jesus was needing to contrast. We're going to look at Acts 6. Uh, Acts 1, 6 through 8. Flip that, flip that slide. It says this. So when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the time or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me both in Jerusalem and in Samaria, Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. See, if you never knew Acts 1, 8 before, you know it today. What we see going on here, why did Jesus have to use that word but? Why did he have to interrupt and and say that? Again, if we look at just Acts 1-8, we can overlook the word but because we want to get to the Great Commission. We want to get to the meat of it. But but is a very important word here. And why he had to do that was simply because the disciples were asking the wrong question. So Jesus gave them the right answer. How many of you, how many times have you asked the wrong question only to hear through the Word or by way of the Holy Spirit the right answer? Anybody in here experience that? Yeah, once in a while. For me, it's daily, sometimes hourly. I'll just be honest, there's so many times that I ask God the, the wrong question, but He always gives me the right answer. And then I go back, I'm like, well, yeah, but Jesus, I wasn't asking that. He's like, yeah, but that's the right answer. And, and it's a good thing. If we look back through the four Gospels, what we find is we find Jesus doing this all the time, doesn't He? People come up and they got a question for Jesus and then Jesus asks them a question back and they're like, what? Or He gives them an answer that seems completely off base. But the wrong question can always be followed by the right answer when it comes to Jesus. And he does this so gently, but he does it authoritative. I know in my life, wrong question, right answer, but that right answer comes in gently with authority. And the definition of that would be meekness. He does it in a meek way. He has all power, but he doesn't have to assert that power into our lives because he has the authority and we know it. It's a great thing. The disciples, they had the wrong mindset going going on here. Their question was, was really nationalistic in essence. And they just weren't quite getting it. Same thing we do, right? Jesus had been accused. He had been tried. He had been beaten. And Jesus had been crucified. He had endured all the past and present and future sins of, of mankind. And, and He had actually accomplished the atonement. See, that just means he satisfied the demands of of justice, God's justice, and thereby he ransomed and he, he redeemed the souls of all men, all women and all children for all time and opening up the availability to call upon him for forgiveness. Jesus then, after being dead for three days, rose in resurrection power and thereby he demonstrated that through him there is eternal life for those who call upon him as Lord and Savior. Jesus at that point, he spends 40 days. Remember, he's crucified on the cross. Everybody witnessed that. Then three days later, he comes back to life and and, and multitudes of people witnessed that. So he's, he's back, he's up, he's He's in His glory for 40 days. He spends time with His followers. And and in these 40 days, He continues to teach them. He's loving on them. He's guiding them and he's, He's celebrating with them. 
And now it's time for Jesus to ascend back to be with his Father after teaching these people, really most of them, for three years. He's now going back to his Father. And now the disciples want to know if Jesus is going to restore the kingdom to Israel. Again, we often do the same things. We want the conclusion without the process. Come on, how many of you guys just pray for that? We pray, God, fix this instead of praying, God, how do we fix this? Help me. Help empower me to fix this situation. Help me to learn through this situation. Does anybody actually pray when you're going through trials and tribulations? God, if you would be so kind, would you help me to learn through this hard time in my life, through this bad situation? Can you teach me wisdom? Maybe some patience? Please, God, would you see fit to do that? No, we break our hearts upon, upon His grace and mercy and say, Jesus, will you fix this situation? And, and God wants to fix the situation. But He loves us so much, He doesn't just bring conclusion, He brings process. So when we ask, when we ask Jesus to, to fix our mess, to fix our relationship, to give us patience, to grant us wisdom, to do our job, thinking that abracadabra, here it is, he's just going to fix everything with the snap of his finger. But more often than not, Jesus teaches us. He teaches us in our mess. He walks with us in our relationship restoration. He gives us opportunity to learn patience by relying upon him. He allows us to gain wisdom through our experience both good and bad. And He gives us a job that He wants to do with us. See, Jesus actively engages in our life in such a way that allows us to be a piece of the kingdom right now through the process of walking daily with Him in all things, including His ultimate job for us as a believer, also known as the Great Commission. See, the Great Commission is Crazy. The idea of the Great Commission is crazy. The God of the universe that created every single thing. And then He creates everything in this world, right? From the plants to the animals to the trees to the, thank you Jesus, the fish that we can then go fly fish for, right? He created all of these things. And then, and then He creates Adam. He creates mankind. And then out of Adam comes Eve. And He says, hey, go out and, and, and do your thing, right? Populate. Thank you, Jesus, for that one as well, right? So then we populate this world. But then Jesus gives us this great commission. Out of all of those things, man fell, sin came into this world, separation, God said, I have a plan. This is my plan. Jesus is going to die. He's going to rise again. We can now come to Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. But how do people come to Jesus for the forgiveness of sins? And God's like, hey, I got a great idea. I'm going to use people to do that. And I'm like, you're going to do what? You're going to entrust that job to us, to me, to Mike, to Levi, to Cello, to Tim? To John, you're going to entrust all of that to us? That's a big responsibility, isn't it? That's why it's called the Great Commission. It's not called the Easy Commission. It's not called the, mm, the So-So Commission. It's the Great Commission. It's, it's God's desire. How many of you came to Jesus through somebody else? Somebody that was following the Great Commission. So... In this circumstance, Jesus moves the focus of the disciples off the nation of Israel and onto those who need to hear the gospel truth of Christ, which is everyone everywhere. And you've got to understand, in the Jewish culture, this was like, come on, because the Jewish culture, they were raised to isolate themselves. They, they weren't going to talk to the Samaritans who were half Jews and, and half others. And they sure didn't talk to the Gentiles. They isolated themselves. And the disciples are like, hey, now is the time to, to restore Israel. Who cares about anybody else? We just want, we want Israel restored. And Jesus said it's much bigger than that. It's the new covenant. It, it, it goes way beyond nationalistic 
Israel to the ends of the earth, every single person. doesn't matter what color they are. doesn't matter if they're male or female. doesn't matter if they're rich or poor. doesn't matter where they grew up. doesn't matter how they grew up. Jesus is saying, share with everyone because this gift of salvation is for everyone, everywhere. Now remember, His authority, His power, and His Spirit will come upon them so they can go and tell or testify, baptizing and teaching and making disciples and confidently knowing that He is with them till the end of the age. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, man, I, I, this is so much responsibility, I don't want to screw it up. How can I? Do, I, do we have classes? Do we have, a, do we have a book? Is there a check sheet that I go through? Because I don't want to screw up the Great Commission. Jesus is saying, yeah, it's my Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you, I'm going to equip you, I'm going to empower you with the Holy Spirit, which will allow you to share me with others. It's awesome. Most of the time we just have to yield to that. See, all too often we make it about ourselves. And then we make it about ourselves and then we make it about what we can't do. So we justify not doing it because we don't want to screw it up. And Jesus is just going, but I gave you my Spirit, Holy Spirit. It'll help you to speak. It'll help you to recall things. It'll guide you. It'll open up doors. It'll, it'll, there'll be times where it's just a crazy spot and you'll meet this person and I'm going to equip you and speak to you in such a way to talk about me. Isn't that awesome? See, the Great Commission should save, serve as a, as a constant reminder that in this life, we can allow our thoughts, our goals, our agendas, and desires to cloud our kingdom vision. Here's a mistake many people make. See, they read this, they think, man, that's, that's great. That's, that's wonderful. But then they, then they walk away with this, this, this understanding that the Great Commission only pertains to those in vocational ministry. Oh, well, they're missionaries. That's, that's for them. The Great Commission is for them. And oh, oh well, we have a pastor. We have a pastor at our church, and that's, that's his job. The Great Commission falls upon him. Our job is to bring crockpots and casseroles to the last Sunday, right? And when I hear that, I always think the same thing. I think, how can I gently and lovingly, while using sound theology, put this in a way to help these people understand about the Great Commission? And I've thought about that and prayed about that a long time, and what I've come to is, is this. I simply say, well, that's totally and completely wrong. That's deep theology right there. See, the, the, the Great Commission should be an integral part of our everyday lives, including our families, jobs, campuses, and recreational time. Because technically all of those fall under the ends of the earth geographic area anyway. So there's really no getting out of or away from the Great Commission, is there? So what's so great about the Great Commission? It's because Jesus is choosing us and He's equipping us and He's trusting us to be His hands and feet. It's great because it allows us to play a part in what Jesus is doing in the lives of those around us. It's great because we get to tell others about all the amazing things that Jesus has done in our life. It's great because we get to be involved in people's faith journey. This is what we know as discipleship. It's great because every time we choose to participate in the Great Commission, we draw closer to Jesus. We increase our ability to, to, to be led and to hear the Holy Spirit. And we place ourselves within the confidence of God Himself. See, those are just some of the reasons the Great Commission is so great. Now, now think about this. This is, this is awesome. There's this, there's this somewhat cyclical process of God that's personally working in each one of our lives. And the Great Commission is a part of that process. It's a part of our walk. How many atheists, unchurched, 
or de-church people are actively involved in the Great Commission? Anybody have an answer to that? Atheist. Mike, Mike gets the gold star. Hey, come on back later. Have a soak in the hot tub. You got the right answer. It's none. Atheist, unchurched, and de-churched people are not engaged in the Great Commission. And it's simply because the Great Commission is the obedient act of telling people what Jesus has done in your life. In order to do that, Jesus needs to have actually done something in your life. Remember, our faith is a process. So as we tell people about what Jesus has already done, we also acknowledge what he is currently doing while eagerly awaiting those things he will do, right? So, so the Great Commission, it's all part of that. It's like, hey, hey, Jesus did this in me. You should have seen me before. Oh, man, I was the worst person. I did this and that, and, and I had no hope, and, and uh, I, I didn't even like myself. I hated my life and, and all this garbage, and, and I was ruining my family, and, and all these hurts that, that were placed upon me. I didn't know how to deal with those, so I was using substances I shouldn't have been, and I was seeking that, that uh, refuge in other places. But then Jesus came into my life and changed me completely. But see, we don't leave it there. We say, this is what I was. This is where I was. This is who I was. Jesus came in and he completely changed my life. And here's what Jesus is doing in my life currently, right now. And I have the faith and this thing called hope that Jesus is going to continue to do even greater things in my life going forward, right? Man, we're living in a time and day where hope... Hope is gone, man. There's so many people walking around and they don't have any hope. And if they have hope, they place it in something as silly as the next election. Or maybe the Super Bowl. Sorry, cello. <laughs> but that's false hope. That is false hope. Only true hope can come in Jesus Christ. Amen. Which brings us right back here and now to this morning. See, a part of our faith journey includes baptism, water baptism. And baptism can be described as an outward expression of an inward experience. See, outwardly, you guys that are being baptized today, outwardly you are publicly displaying your decision to follow Christ as your Lord and Savior. That is huge. We're not closet Christians. We're not to hide our faith. So this morning, it's an opportunity to publicly display that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. And as you go down in the water, you are relating to Christ's death for you, right? He died for you. In his death, you have been set free that you can now die for yourself. All your mistakes, all your mishaps, and all your sins. Symbolically, you leave those in the grave. You leave them on the bottom of this hot tub. And then when you are brought up out of the water, you are relating to and, and proclaiming your new life in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Publicly, you are stating, this is who I was, but this is who I now am so wonderful. You show the new life. When you come out of the water, you're showing the new life that you have chosen for yourself, a life in Christ. How powerful is the public display of water baptism? It's enormously powerful. That's why Jesus said, hey, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But even more powerful than that, is what is actually going on inside of the person that is being baptized. See, it's about how Christ is actually transforming a life. Praise the Lord, right? That's why we get excited. Now look at this. 
Baptism is an obedient step in our faith journey that includes our first introduction to Jesus, our confession that he is our Lord and Savior, the blossoming and building of our relationship with him, our discipleship and learning, our willingness to be a part of the Great Commission, which in turn allows us to help others flip that slide, in their first introduction to Jesus, in their confession that he is their Lord and Savior, in their blossoming and building of their relationship with him, in their discipleship and learning, and in their willingness to be a part of the Great Commission. It's so cyclical. It's so perfect. It's so wonderful. And that's how it should be. It's taking the mindset of this. It's, it's, it's quite simple. What is so great about the Great Commission? What Jesus has done in me, I want to see him do in others to the ends of the earth. Just that simple. Now for those of you who are being baptized today, thank you for your obedience and your desire to follow Christ and to publicly show and state that. I will say this. That there are times, in fact, that when you take this step, and it's so wonderful and we're so excited, you will step into Monday and you'll feel like the, the sky is falling. Things go weird. They go bad. Some people will say stuff to you. Oh, well, did you get wet? And things like that. And, and, and your car breaks or, or your, your dog won't poop outside. Now stuff happens, right? But you have to understand, because you're taking this step and you're boldly confessing publicly that you're a follower of Jesus, our enemy, Satan himself, doesn't like that. So stuff starts happening, but it's an opportunity to build your faith even stronger. Let this be today one more giant step in your faith journey. But whatever you do, do not let it end here. There's a lot to do for the kingdom. So let's, let's get busy. If somebody wants to run down and grab the kids, that would be wonderful at this time. If you are being baptized, we've got a men's, a women's, and an extra bathroom back there. You guys can go change. Go get, go get changed and then, um, and then meet me back up here. Worship team, if you guys would like to come forward. Um, and then with every baptism I do this, no matter where it is, here at the lake, doesn't matter. If you're sitting in service here today and you're listening to all these words and, and you're like, man, I have never been baptized, or maybe you're sitting here going, I was sprinkled as a baby, and that's, that's not the biblical form of baptism. The biblical form of baptism is is um, being old enough to, to confidently assert that you want to follow Jesus Christ. It's an, it's, for kids, it's the age of accountability where they can understand why this is so important. But maybe you're an adult and you don't understand it. If you're feeling like you want to be baptized this morning, we've got plenty of towels. Go, go change. Take your shoes off. We'll go for it. If it's something that has introduced a thought process, we can break this baptismal hot tub out any time that we need to. But I want you to, I don't want to, I don't want to, um, I don't want to dissuade anybody. I want to give that offer that if you want to meet Jesus this morning, meet Jesus this morning. If you want to be baptized this morning, get baptized this morning. All I can say is go for it. The greatest decision is to follow Jesus and then we obediently do what he, he calls us to. I was actually talking to a, uh, a pastor who is, who is now a, a missionary. And he said his biggest regret at, as he was a pastor, because of how he was taught in everything, he was taught that baptism should be this overly solemn ceremony. And he said, I so wish that we could have excitedly screamed and yelled and cheered because it's such a great thing that's happening. And sometimes we, we, we lose sight of things in the bigger picture of religion and we don't understand the importance of baptism and how joyous it actually is. So as we 
conduct these baptisms today. I'm going to pray with each person. I'm going to give them an opportunity to say anything they want or nothing at all. Levi will lay them back in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit upon the profession of their faith. And when they come out, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Oh, man, we're going to... The neighbors in this neighborhood are going to be like, what's going on in that church? That's crazy. That's absolutely... It is. So we're going to sing a little. I bet I know what song. Oh, yeah. It's a good song. So let's sing a little. And then we're going to have some baptisms. Amen. Everybody stand up. All right. If you are getting baptized, come on forward. give them the opportunity to say anything they want to say. Yeah, come on out. Come on, if you can't see, come on up. Um, and then Levi will jump in, and we're not quite sure how to lay you back. We're going to learn. We're going to learn. So um, it does say right here, no diving. So we're not going to do the diving, no cannonballs, anything like that. And it does say, read the Bible right there. It says, read the Bible. Um, so that's how that's going to look. If you want to jump in now, um, but I'll pray, and then, and then when they come out of the water, we just light it up. Amen?
one last time. Anybody feeling like they need to be baptized today? Anybody? Anyone in here? We'll stay as long as we need to. We've got robes, we've got towels. I just wanna, I wanna extend that opportunity because it's a glorious thing. Anyone? All right. What an exciting day, right? To, to be able to witness. You know, when you're baptized, you never forget it. I was baptized in the, the pool of a junior high school in Grand Haven, Michigan. I remember that, and it's a glorious thing. I also remember all the different times I've baptized people in the locations. So it's a wonderful thing. If they're changed and they're out in the, the lobby, hug on these people, encourage them. Encourage them, because a real battle can start after doing this. Amen. I'm going to pray. You guys will be dismissed. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for your just your overall plan. Lord God, the cyclical nature of, of our walk, our faith, our hope, the great commission. Lord God, that we can be a part of that here at Bridge Assembly. Lord God, we align ourselves with you and you alone. We speak your word and your word alone. And Lord God, I pray that you make us the church that you desire us to be. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And one last time, everybody shout it out. Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.